Welcome to show number 20 of 30. That brings us up towards Thanksgiving where I'm going to reevaluate. And uh, I'm not going to stop the show. It's just going to probably evolve a little bit. May turn into a streaming show two, three times a week. Uh, I'm excited about what's going on. The response from you guys has been fantastic. So thank you very much. In fact, speaking of response from you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, I was sent a necklace from Trish. Uh, This is a cool necklace. I will be wearing this necklace a lot, by the way. Um, Here we go. Let me move this around here. I'm going to show the people on YouTube. It's a key from these people called the Giving Keys. And it's a great organization. I've learned more about it because I saw the packaging. But on it, I don't know if you can see this or not, on this key, it says Wombats. I'm loving it. Thank you so much, Trish. I mean, that really touched me. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right, this is a week that I've been doing a bunch of uh, doctor appointments. As I've told you before, I've decided to really take control of my health, be proactive about everything, use it or lose it. And part of that is seeing what your baseline is. So yesterday I went to the, the skin doctor where you take off all your clothes in front of a chick. Mine, mine's a chick in this case. Excuse me, I'm going to pull your underwear down a little bit and take a look at your butt. Okay, thank you. Turns out I'm okay. Turns out I'm all right so far for a guy who grew up in Southern California laying in the sun. I've had one scare they cut out of me, and it seems like it's doing okay. But I hope everybody, especially with the news of Jimmy Buffett this week, and that's just sad. It's just sad. So, by the way, speaking of that, I just want my brother Jackson to know I was really thinking of him. I know Jimmy Buffett is a very big part of his life. Is a family's life. He wrote a book about Jimmy, which is fantastic for about parrot heads. So I just, I just wanted to put my condolences out to everybody who who is a big Jimmy Buffett fan, but he died of skin cancer. So get that going guys. Be looked at, stay on top of it. Okay. So uh, I'm doing the doctor appointments. I have my uh, complete physical this Friday. Then the following Monday, I got the butt doctor and that's about it. Hopefully, that's it. Hopefully, I will get a clean bill of health. So far, I am one for one. <laughs> and uh, just keep going. Use it or lose it. Get though, get things going. Fight this shit off, people. You got the control. Why would you lay around and wait for somebody to tell you you're sick when you could be doing something about it right now? It's taken me a while to figure this shit out, but at least I'm there now. All right. So I'm also, hopefully this weekend... I think I'm going to get up. I've told you before that I'm going to do some stand-up comedy, and I don't want to tell anybody I'm doing it. There's a place that has comedy, and on Friday and Saturday nights, or Friday or Saturday nights, I'm not sure which one it is, they do a little bit of an open mic thing where they let people have an opportunity to get up there. Like I said, I want to get on stage in front of people that don't know I do a radio show, aren't going to give me the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, look at Terry trying something. No, I want to I want to throw myself out there. And I can't figure out why I love it so much, but there's kind of a, a peaceful chaos just before you go on stage. When they're starting to introduce you, and you know you're throwing yourself out there and you know you're going to do about to get up there and, you know, possibly look like a fool or maybe even have a good time. It's always a learning experience and it's really peaceful 
but at the same time, you're like, it's chaotic. It's, it's really hard to explain. And I think that's the moment I love most about doing, doing standup. It's fun to, to do a good job and to see people laugh and maybe have people go, that was great. Thank you. But the real reason why I do it is just for that moment. I'm figuring out. It's just that, that moment, that brief few seconds as they're introducing you before you go on and you just surrender. You're surrendering to the fact that, okay, I'm somewhat prepared, but you could never be too prepared to see what's going to happen there. All right, so there you go. All right. Let's do this show, shall we? Once again, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm really grateful for you. I really am. Grateful for Larry and Cabas who does this song. Top of my lungs on the show today. This is going to be tough for me to talk about because I'm not so sure if I'm doing the right thing by telling people to live their dream or not. There are dangers in putting yourself out there. And if you're somebody who's about to take a chance, you're going to want to listen to that segment on this show today. Plus the powers of saying no talked about that before, but I'm going to give you some specific examples and Tell a story that I've never told anybody before. That's coming up. Plus, I think it's time to ask a question to everybody. Can we? Let me me cut the music off for this because it's a very important question. All right. Here we go. Can we snuff people out that just bring bad energy to the world? This weekend... I was reminded about energy and people's energy and how you could either uplift somebody or you can ruin somebody's complete day. And I'm going to talk more from an angle of ruining somebody's complete day here. We've all been driving around, you know, you're in traffic and me personally, I was driving home from the Oregon coast this week and everything's going good. There's hardly a lot of traffic or anything like that, but you know, it's there. People are there, but Everybody's just kind of cruising along, keeping a nice space between people and everything else. And there's always that one guy, that one guy who has to come up and bob and weave and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And he gets everybody all amped up around him. And you're kind of rooting for the guy to either, you know, crash into a wall by himself or get caught by the cops or something like that. I I usually opt for option A, you know, end over end fiery thing. <laughs> because I am a human being. I am, I'm a humanitarian. I care. Anyway, the, the energy that this one person, this one asshole brings to an entire group of people around him. And not only just around me and stuff, you know, once they get by, they're doing it to everybody, everybody. In my mind, I'm going, well, good. Maybe they have to be somebody where real fast. Maybe they have a, a loved one who's sick. Maybe they got to take a dump. I don't know what it is, but there's always that one person that has to just think they're better than everybody else. And the energy that they bring to a whole environment 
changes everybody around her. Everybody gets nervous. Everybody gets this and that. And it's not just somebody in traffic. This is more of an analogy. The traffic thing is because we've all seen that person. We've all seen how it reacts to everybody around her. But individually, let's think about that for a second. Shall we? You got that person in your life, let's just say, who you just love dearly. They're so fun to hang out with until they have one too many drinks. You're either left to A, take care of them, or B, just deal with their bullshit. Why would anybody do that? I usually see these signs now and, and I leave. It doesn't mean I love them any less. It just means I choose not to be around the toxic energy or the, you know, their little, their little fun night is not fun for me. So what am I going to do? You could call it being selfish. You could call it being a stick in the mud or whatever you want to do it. But I call it being happy. I call it about getting myself out of a situation where I know the energy is bad. People in a relationship where it's just constant fighting, constant bickering, calling each other names, trying to power struggle, things like that. That's another energy problem. That's another place you don't want to get stuck in, that energy. If you're in a relationship like that, that's a tough thing. In fact, on the Gang of Two podcast with Sherry, I plan on bringing that up with her. Uh, by the way, I'm recording this on Tuesday, and uh, she and I have not recorded the Gang of Two yet. I'm going to be doing that a little later this afternoon. So I'm, I'm thinking about bringing that up to her. But it's just crazy how it is in relationships, um, friendships. I guess those are relationships too, right? How about the people that they know how you feel politically? And personally, I don't like bringing it up. I don't like talking about it, but I think most people know where I stand. Although I like to think that I'm pretty hard to figure out. I like, uh, I like things a little more in the middle, you know, but you have that one person, one of your friends, family members, whatever, that constantly want to bring in how much they know about something because they heard from their favorite news station that's the thing that cracks me up. I know where you're listening to your stuff from. I know what your opinion's already going to be. I know what the buzzwords are already going to be. They're a Nazi. They're a this. They're a that. They're a racist. Oh, they're a libtard. They're woke. They're, you know, shut the fuck up. I don't need your energy in my life. I love you. I like hanging out with you, but don't bring your shit into my life. I don't care. And I think a lot of people are like me. It's all about energy and what you bring to the world. What kind of energy do you bring? Think about it. I've talked about it on the podcast many times. As, an, as a trial, as an example, walk into a room at a party or a dinner table and walk in standing a little taller, a bigger smile on your face than you normally have, uh, maybe a little joke, a nice hug for somebody kind words to say to others and watch the response from other people. We have the ability to affect people around us in a positive way. Why do people choose to do it in a negative way? Like the guy driving fast, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know that he's pissing people off. He's just a dick. Dicks don't deserve people in their life. There it is. Dicks don't deserve happiness.
All right, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me that I've got the drapes wide open. I've got the door wide open. So you might hear some sirens on this little segment here or whatever as I live downtown in uh, the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. It's a beautiful day. I, I got to enjoy this while I can. It's about to get very ugly out there soon and depressing. And Oh, man, there's a breeze coming in right now. Woo, this is a beautiful day. Enjoy them while you got them. So I was asked the other day by somebody very close to me, wanting to know how you can say no to people and their demands or requests or whatever without looking like an asshole, without looking like a selfish weasel. Truth is you can't. They're going to think about that, uh, about you no matter what, okay, depending on the circumstance. But there's a certain power in saying no. I believe I've talked about it before, but I haven't really given many real good examples of where it's worked out into my favor. Because saying no is just as scary as saying yes. You don't know what the outcome's going to be, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's going out for a night, whether it's taking out that second drink, whatever it is, you don't know what's truly going to happen either way. But being saying no is just as powerful and just as important as to saying yes to things. A long time ago, and here's something I've never talked about, and people on the Lex and Terry show don't even know. I'm not even sure Lex knows. I may have brought it up to him in passing, but I didn't want to put this thought into his mind out there. But when Lex and Terry was really getting going and we were beating everybody left and right, which we still are, but radio was different then. It was really super competitive and one company didn't own a million radio stations in one city. So this was, it was very competitive. And one of the things that people would do was when you get a good show, they try to break it up. On two occasions, I got calls from big radio companies and people's names that I've only heard of and never even spoken to. But I heard about them in the industry and they were big wigs. And it was like really weird that I was getting a call from them. One instance, they wanted to break up the Lex and Terry show. They wanted to pair me up with some other person of my choosing and move to a very big city that uh, I really think I'd really have a lot of fun living in. But why would I do that? Why would I break up something that was so good and everything else? But I got to admit it, you know, I was flattered. I was flattered that they thought, wow, you know, this guy, you know, must have something going on to where we got to get him away. And it, it made me feel very flattered. But then I got angry. Then I got angry. Like, why would you do something like that to somebody? Why would you put me in that kind of a position to where I have to make some sort of choice or at least entertain a thought about something that's going so well with people that rely on me for their livelihoods. So I said no. And it was a very powerful no. I said, hey, thanks for anything. I'm honored, but you know what? We got something going here. I got to see this thing the whole way through. And it turned out to be very good. Look at this, a 30-year plus, I'm saying plus, because I just signed a new contract, a 30-year career, which is pretty unheard of in the radio industry. 
I don't know how we're doing it. I have no idea. It's had a lot of ups. It's had a lot of downs. I'll get into that in another segment. But that was something that I said no to that turned out to be great. Turned out to be great. I had no idea at that time that this job was going to be going on this long. In my mind, I thought, man, by the time I hit a certain age, I'm going to be out of radio. I'm going to be on to something else new and exciting. Maybe something in front of the camera. Maybe something behind the camera. Maybe I'm going to write some stuff. I have no idea. But I didn't think I'd be doing Lexiterry this long. You know, that's just to tell you the truth. Another thing that I said no to that I did not want to say no to that turned out to be very good was... In that same time frame, maybe this was just a little later on down the line, Lex and I got a job offer at a radio station in Boston called WBCN. We flew out to Boston. They took us out. I had a Boston cream pie at the place they made Boston cream pies. I'm sure everybody says that this is where it was invented, but it was some hotel we were staying in, and they said that it was a Boston cream pie. And for some reason, I never liked Boston cream pie, but I sure did in Boston. This was an exciting time. We're meeting with these big names. I believe this guy's name was Tony Bernadetti, and uh, he was just had this power about him and this walk about him and he was like promises and all kinds of stuff and offered us this job in Boston and Lex and I are like wow can you believe we just got a job offer at WBCN in Boston it was a big radio station I believe it still might be big call letters it, was, it would be a, a big deal if you took this job then they said listen we want you to play some music though even though you're a talk show we want you to play some music and Lex and I said, you know, we had a nice long talk about this and we told them no. We ended up saying no to their offer. And then I remember this day so vividly. And my, at that time, my closet was also my office. <laughs> it was in our guest room. It was a little desk in there. I needed an office. I made it in my closet. So uh, it was pretty interesting that I get this phone call from Lex and we're both kind of in shock. So can you believe that we just said no to WBCN in Boston? Who does that? Not knowing what was going to happen in my mind. Well, that, that idea and that offer is out the window, but I hope we made the right decision. About an hour and a half later, I get a call from the same guy that says, don't accept any other offers yet because we have something even better for you. I said, okay. Interesting. He calls the next day and says, we want you to go meet this guy in New York. We're thinking about replacing Howard Stern with you, who's just about to go work at uh, Satellite Radio. And listen, Howard's a monster. Howard is the god. Howard is the guy who set it up so I could be a shock jock. I'm not going to act like Howard's a piece of shit or anything like that. I never have. I give him a lot of credit, but I also have to give us some credit too because we were against Howard Stern in a couple of cities and we were beating him and it was pretty off. So I thought, well, maybe we got it. Maybe we could do this type of thing. So they offered us four year deal, no cut, everything like that. We are, Sherry and I were looking at apartments in Manhattan. This was my dream come true. My father was from New York. This is the number one market in America. This was my dream. 
This was awesome. I couldn't wait. The energy, the excitement, everything around it was great. Then all of a sudden, the guy said, no, we're only going to give you a one-year offer. And I think they knew that we would say no to that because uh, we just don't think you're good enough. You know, and you know what? To tell the truth, we were just going to be the whipping boy as the guys that came in to replace Howard Stern. Everybody would hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him. I had that power. We got them fired. The next guy in was the person you wanted to be, really. But we said no to the Howard Stern deal. I did not want to say no to it. I still was like, I think we could win. Give us four months and we'll own New York. You know, that's the attitude I have anyway. But my agent, Sherry, was even, uh, you know, I had to put her two cents in there because, you know, she was moving and all that kind of stuff. And, and they were, you know, and she said, you know, we should probably say no. And Lex was very adamant about saying no about the offer. So we said no, ended up moving to Dallas. And it's been a roller coaster ride ever since. Who knows what would have happened, but... The real reality is, is they replaced uh, Howard Stern with David Lee Roth, and that radio station only lasted about three more months, and so did he. So saying no, you never know what's going to happen, but there's a very powerful part of saying no. You just stand up, and you let people, when you say no, you're also telling people where your line is. No, I'm not going to go out on a Wednesday night late because I have to work the next day. No, I don't want to do that because... I have a priority of going to my kid's game. You you can make up all kinds of uh, reasons and all kinds of scenarios in your own head, but saying no is just as, if not more powerful than saying yes to something. Any of you know me know that I like to support everybody's dreams. I get excited for them. It fires me up as well when I see somebody make that decision to go for something they really want to do. Finding your passion is a process, finding who you are is a process. But I really truly think that if you really want something, and I've said it before, you're going to find a way to make it happen. You're going to find a way. Some people, it happens too quicker because their belief system is so strong that I got this, I could do this, this is easy. Some people are a little more apprehensive because they get in their own mind and they go, well, I don't know if I really have the talent. I don't like the way my voice sounds. I don't think I've got enough education. You come up with all these reasons why. So I'm, a lot of times after I support somebody, blindly support somebody, you should go for it. I also have this feeling of guilt sometimes where I say, is that a fair thing to do? Am I putting false hope into somebody's mind? But here's the truth. Here's the cold reality of putting yourself out there in any way. It could be a writer. It could be you want a promotion at your job so you tell your boss that you're the best for it. Um, It could be anything. It could be going out on a date or asking somebody out that you've had your eye on for a long time. Putting yourself out there, no matter what scenario it is, is an extremely lonely and terrifying feeling. I understand that. I accept it. I go through that as well. You know, you're trying something and then you're waiting to see what happens. And then you try again and you wait to see if that works. And 
It really is a test on your patience. It's a test on your belief in yourself. It's a test if you believe in God or not. It's a test of everything. So I just wanted to give you a fair warning. If you're going through it, it's not easy some of the time. Sometimes it is. Like I said, if you've got a belief that I am good for this. In fact, I believe the least you know about something, the better you're going to be about it. Because you're going to end up talking yourself out of things. Like I said, I'm not educated enough. I don't look good enough for this. I, you know, whatever. You're just going to come up with so many excuses why you shouldn't do it. And you know what? If that's the way your mind works, maybe you're just one of those people. But you can battle that inner talk you're having with yourself and tell yourself that's ridiculous what does it hurt to try something strategically try something i'm not talking about move to hawaii and tell your family uh, you're going to own a surf you know a surf company or whatever it is and just leave everybody no you have to you have to put some thought into it get some ideas talk to some experts Read up on who's done well in the field that you want to go in and, and then go for it. But I, I still think you should go for it. But I think you need to realize that, like I said, throwing yourself out there, putting yourself out to the world and the universe. In my case, it's these podcasts. It's a very lonely feeling. I'm sitting here recording this and videoing this and editing this and posting this and everything else all by myself just wondering why I'm doing this sometimes. Why am I doing this? The audience isn't giant by any means. It's not a moneymaker by any means, but I just love doing it. But sometimes I catch myself going, really? Who gives a fuck? If I didn't do a show next week, how many people are really going to call me and say, man, come on, what's up with you? Because I could easily go, well, what are you paying for? <laughs> or I could just say, listen, I'm just not feeling it today. But that's what separates the people who make it and then the people who don't. The people that step through that fear, step through that downtime, step through that thought process you have, that inner battle that you have going on. It's a tough thing. And like I said, it's very lonely. And even the people that you love and respect the most they don't really share it. They might just pat you on the head and say, go ahead, go ahead, get after it. And then when you leave the room, they're going, oh, look at little Terry thinking he's going to have a successful podcast, you know, or, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice. Or look at Connie, thinks she's going to be a model, but she's got a, a foot growing out of her forehead. You know? <laughs> Stuff like that. I just, like I said, be, be forewarned that your mind is going to get fucked with. People are going to fuck with you, especially when you start to get good at it. When you start to get good at it, that's when the haters come out. That's when the naysayers come out. They don't want to see you succeed. That makes them look like a fool. That makes them realize, you know, that, hey, I'm not doing jack shit over here. I'm just trolling somebody. And that goes for family members and friends and your husband or wife or whatever. I have to be very careful of the dreams that I talked to Sherry about because I don't want her to think that I'm this willy nilly dreamer. And I want to get credit for when I have done some good things and stepped up at the plate and made some things happen. To be honest, sometimes I don't think I get that from her 
from my coworkers, from family members, from whoever. I don't think I get that kind of credit, but I'm not in this for the credit. I'm in this for the process. I'm in this because I love doing it. But just be forewarned, it is, it is a very, very lonely feeling when you put yourself out there, but it can't happen. Well, there you have it, another episode of the Terry James Show. Thank you so much. Once again, like I said, I do appreciate you more than you know. Thanks again to Trish for the cool Wombats key necklace. Love it. Super, super cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Wombats. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Stay happy. Stay healthy. I don't have one of those sign-off things like put your feet firmly in the ground and reach for the stars. No. Get ready for some shit to happen this week. (laughs) Good shit, bad shit, whatever it is, just get ready for the shit. Don't make me wrong, just make me wrong.